Hi, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. Uh, Tonight, Kate and I kind of want to share kind of how this all started and and kind of where the idea for the podcast came for as we've kind of been reflecting on, well, the past several years with getting outside with kids, uh, but how our perceptions and some of those things really changed, especially when COVID first hit and we were both, you know, stuck for for lack of a better word uh, with our two children at home full time and how kind of that power of routine, and we're going to call it the power of a shovel, helped us to make it through some of those early, very long days. At the beginning of 2020, Jen and I both had a toddler who was around three and a baby. We're both on maternity leave. But prior to that, we'd both been working full-time jobs with kid, a kid in daycare. Um, and our partners were also working full-time jobs. And I feel like by the time I had my second kid, I hadn't really figured out how to sort of do parenting. If <laughs> I hadn't really figured out how to make it through a day properly. I was just sort of winging it for a couple of years. I was just like, you sort of do whatever you can. And then as we all know, March, 2020, everything kind of went upside down and a lot of things changed. And we found ourselves at home with two kids and absolutely no distractions. There was absolutely nothing to do. No friends to see, no playdates indoors, no playdates outdoors, no no classes, no library um, story time, nothing like that. And what Jen and I both kind of found then is that we kind of had to settle into a new routine. And that routine included by necessity in our case, I think a lot of time outside. Yeah, it's almost, it's incredible. We're recording this right now and it's already been two years since since that time has passed. So, so much time has already passed since that very, very beginning. Um, to new parents, you know, we were really kind of settling into having a toddler, very different than having just a baby at home and managing kind of the whole two kids thing um, and how you parent one kid versus how you parent multiples. You know, your, your parenting kind of evolves along the way. Um, I had been lucky to have a little bit of part-time care uh, for my toddler up until the pandemic. And then that all went away um, as things kind of rolled out. So for the very first time I was home full time with my children, but also, as Kate said, the biggest thing was usually when I was home with my kids, we had activities and we were having play dates and we were going to jungle gym. And now all of that was off the table. Um, obviously, there's so much uncertainty when we really think back to those early pandemic days. And so here, you know, here we all were at home with our children, fortunate to be on mat leave, but it also just meant the days were just endless at that point ahead of you. And we didn't really know what was going to happen next. And we kind of had to figure out how to pass the time every single day with our two kids at home. Every day. (laughs) So many days, Kate. There were so many days in a row back then. If you're listening and you're a stay-at-home parent or caregiver as well, you'd know that feeling. You know, you sort of wake up on a Monday morning and you think, whoa, I might not have anything in the calendar this week. How am I going to pass the time with my kid or kids? What am I going to do? The thing that Jen and I both kind of found, I think sort of independently, but we're also sort of talking about it back and forth a bit, was how helpful a routine that included outdoor time was. And so we both kind of got into this routine of just like sometime in the morning, you have to go outside. You just, you've got to, it doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if it's cold. And in particular, it doesn't matter if your kid doesn't want to. You basically just got to do it because the days that you don't do it, the days you don't try and get outside, you don't try and set a routine are not good. Nobody's enjoying those times. Nobody's thinking like when you think to yourself, oh, maybe I'll do it after lunch. 
and feeling pretty tired. Um, they were the days that went really wrong in my book. So it was sort of setting a time for myself that I was like, I've really got to get out of the house by this point. Um, just as like something, some milestone that I can achieve because otherwise there's just too much time in front of me. <laughs> yeah. I can't just wing it. I've got to, I've got to make some kind of plan for myself. And setting that time was like the best way that I could do that. Yeah. And so I think for us, exactly the same boat as Kate just said. And, and for us, that magical time is like, as you know, no later than 10 or 1030. And we're two years into that. And I still have that rule today in place. Um, now my kids are you're back in daycare and I'm back to work full time at this point. Uh, but on the weekend, if we're not out of the house by 10 or 1030, like I'm losing it more than anybody. And the kids are starting to go squirrely as well. So not only did this routine work during the pandemic, but here we are two years later and it's still working. And the pandemic's still on as well, by the <laughs> and way. And that's something. <laughs> oh my God, oh, let's not think too much about dang. that. I think the biggest thing for me too was in the beginning, especially in those early days, it, it felt like a little bit scattered at first. And we know we were so worried. The parks were closed. Like, what could we possibly do outside every day? But then one day in front of the next, in front of the next, and every single day we went out the door, we just walked out the door. I had, like Kate said, I had a baby in a stroller or in a carrier and a toddler potentially in a stroller or on a bike, depending on how adventurous we were being that day. And we just went outside every day at the same time. And what started to happen was the toddler, especially, and not the baby so much, but the toddler knew that that was the routine. And so in the beginning days where there was some maybe resistance to going outside, you know, by like day like 24, when you're running the exact same schedule every day, all of a sudden it became routine. Um, and it became so much easier to get outside because that was just the schedule we were going to do. It never varied. We went outside every day. We, of course, we weren't having play dates at that point. And so that was just the day every day. And it became so much easier also for me mentally to be like, well, should we go outside? Like, you don't have to make those decisions. It's just at 10 a.m., we will start getting our shoes on and we will head out the door and we will go for a walk somewhere. There is a lot of freedom in just doing the same thing every day. And like you said, that kind of emotional load of what are we going to do? When are we going to do it? And how are we going to do it is all kind of removed. And if you think about, you know, anything that you do with your toddler, and any kind of boundary that you try and set with your toddler, <laughs> they have feelings. That's what's so wonderful about toddlers. Toddlers are amazing. Um, but whenever you set a boundary that they don't like, you can meet resistance. And that doesn't mean that the boundary is wrong. That just means that there's resistance. The thing is, though, that if you're consistent with that and you're consistent with the same boundary, in this case, no, we're not going to stay inside anymore. Yes, you do have to get your shoes on. We're going outside. The more consistent you can be with that, I found, the easier it was for the kids to kind of get into the groove of it and the less resistance you eventually find. That doesn't mean that there's not days where you're like, what the hell has happened to my kids? They will not put on their shoes. They're being little challenges, let's call it that. They're being <laughs> challenging. challenging. They're being challenging. Um, that doesn't mean that doesn't happen. But because you know what your boundary is, I will be out of the door by this time bar nothing. Um, you just, I feel like you're better equipped to just be like, come what may, we'll do it. Yeah. No, I think that's such a great point too. And oftentimes too, I would sometimes tell my kids if it was a really rough day and the weather wasn't cooperating, which I mean, we're here on the West coast of Vancouver. Yep. It rains. I would say, let's just go outside and we'll go do one lap around the block. Do you think we could do one lap around the block? And so often when I kind of gave my kid like kind of like an easy out, like, you know what, let's go outside for 15 minutes. And if we're too wet and cold or we're not having fun, we'll come back inside. But that was enough to just kind of get the ball in motion to going outside. 
And I'd say like 80% of the time, once we were outside, it was easier to stay outside. It was just getting the ball rolling and literally getting the feet out the door and starting with something small. And yeah, a couple of times the, the clouds do open up and you do totally get drenched. And sometimes after 15 minutes, you truly do have to come back in. But 80% of the time, you're able to make it 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour outside. Um, and the day goes much smoother after that. The other thing that I think we both found as well is that, you know, to have these little adventures outside, it can be smaller and simpler than you think. It doesn't have to be complicated. And the thing that, that Jen, I think you introduced me to was what you called the power of a shovel. And you said, it doesn't really matter where you're going, whether you're going to a park or whether you're going to the beach or whether you're going to a patch of dirt in the back garden. But if you hand your kid a shovel and just step back and let them at it, you'd be surprised at how entertained they can be. I think back to when we uh, had the guest uh, Jane Pilskolnietis on the show and she was talking about this loose parts piece. That was one of the things she said, these open-ended toys that you just hand it to your kid and see what they do. And I think we we kind of learned that with like, okay, put a bucket and a shovel in the bottom of the stroller, take it wherever you're going, see what happens because that might be a way to pass the time and your kid's going to love it. I mean, it doesn't look like a lot. It looks like a tiny, tiny non-adventure. <laughs> But it can be smaller than you think, and it can be really entertaining for your kids still. No, I mean, I think our 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 bucket and a shovel set kind of go everywhere with us. And even things like, let's say your kid's a little bit older and into artwork, you know, sometimes we would do things like, why don't we find three big leaves to bring home with us and we can, uh, you know, we can glue them onto some paper or we can paint them or do something else. Um, or find a couple of special rocks. We have so many special rocks. Uh, we used to bring home a lot of special rocks and we could paint them or we could wash them or, you know, whatever is age appropriate for your kid. So sometimes even I looked for activities to be like, how could we even make this activity last even longer? You know, if we do the scavenger hunt outside and we find a couple of pine codes, then in the afternoon, that could become the afternoon activity where then we'd actually do something with the pine cones. Did your kids like painting rocks? We painted, there was definitely a phase. We washed and painted a lot of rocks for a while, I feel like. I remember a lot of people saying that like, oh yeah, we go and we find the rocks and then we paint them and then it's a thing. And I remember handing my kid a paintbrush and it paint it. <laughs> she <laughs> she <laughs> painted the rock in about one second. And then we both looked at each other and we we're like, I think we're done. Like that was I it. So was painting it. rocks, I mean, collecting rocks, very popular in my house. Painting rocks, I don't think we ever really got into a good enough group. Might have been that her like fine motor skills weren't strong enough to do anything other than one big broad stroke of paint across yeah. the room. Yeah, I do remember that. We did do a lot of leaf art. There was some like oh, leaf yeah. art there for a while, although the leaves get the leaves get dried and crumply very fast. So be warned about bringing the leaves into your house. Um, but sometimes we would just create a collection and we'd just say like, why don't we bring some leaves back to our garden and we could put these leaves in our garden, but just trying to bring it small like that. And I think I was really surprised. And again, my toddler at the time was, you know, between three and four, kind of during that first, that first period of time during the pandemic. And I was really worried because the playgrounds were actually closed during some of that time as well. And we just went outside and there were days we went to like an open field, like no playground, nothing, no trails. We're talking open fields. And we could hang out there for an hour and we would just run around. We might play some hopscotch with some rocks. We'd go on a we go looking for some rocks. We'd have a snack outside. But when you're a parent and if you're listening in as a stay-at-home parent or you're on maternity leave, sometimes you're just killing time during your day. So spending an hour outside in an open field where your kid is burning off their energy, you are feeling the fresh air on your face. And if you've got a baby, maybe on like a little mat with you or in your carrier or a stroller or something like that, 
that's kind of all you need to get started. It really can be that simple. And that difference of getting out for an hour, especially in the morning, it's just life-changing. Um, there are days where I'm out, you know, I might be out for the day or doing something. And so my husband is, you know, obviously taking care of our children. And there's days where I come home and I'm like, you didn't get the kids outside this morning, did you? You know, I might come home at 12 or one, and you can just tell that the energy is so different if the kids didn't get outside. Like I could tell things are starting to, you know, dissolve, I call it, or like disintegrate in the house. And I'm like, Oh, they didn't. They didn't go outside around ten or eleven, and things. And they were probably fine for a little bit, but the time noon or one o'clock comes around, my kids are like, they are not okay inside the house anymore. That field that you're talking about as well is kind of hilarious because we spent a lot of time in that same field when you weren't there because we couldn't we couldn't spend time we had together to take at the shifts. time. <laughs> but uh, it was literally like a big grassy field, and I'd play hide and seek with my three year old there. And I remember one time she, she I closed my eyes and she went and hid. And then I had to look for her and it was very hard because she was standing directly in the middle of the field and she (laughs) clearly hadn't got the concept of hide and seek. Like I was like, but I couldn't just see you. Anyway, um, I I think those ages so innocent, just like, yeah, I'm here. And I'm like, found you. She's like, oh, you found me. Um, Anyway, it sort of occurs to me now, you know, at, at the time we were at, at the time that we're sort of talking about in early 2020, we were doing a lot of these things because we couldn't, we a lot of restrictions are in place where we couldn't gather. But it's not that different now from parents who are trying to get outside with kids who might be unwell or they might be concerned about being around other kids for a bunch of reasons. Maybe you've got a vulnerable kid in your or another family member in your household. And you can it's easy to look around and go, oh, there's nothing to do because we can't go to the playground. We can't go to these places because there's so many people there. But honestly, giving your kid a a bucket, giving your kid a shovel and asking them to just sit in a field, you wouldn't think that that's going to be entertaining for them. But we found in many cases it was. That was all we really needed. And the best part about that was it was kind of the balance of their needs versus yours. So you as a parent or caregiver could get that time outside, you could get the fresh air, you could get a little bit of activity that made you feel slightly more human, um, whether that's because you were in isolation, because you were sick yourself, or because you're just sick of being a parent that day, which happens, that's okay. Um, (laughs) And so it doesn't have to be big, it can be a much smaller than you think. Yeah. One thing I really, you know, looking back on that time, and I mean, moments of it were very tough, very tough. But sometimes I really looked at because the parks were closed and because we couldn't gather and we sat, we spent a lot of our time alone on trails, alone in a field. Sometimes it was actually really nice to be alone, really alone with my kids out in the world. Um, So often now as things are kind of, you know, I want to say returning to normal and I'm using air quotes around those phrases, obviously normal is very different and very different for many people listening in. And I mean, I'm very glad my kids can go to the parks and the playgrounds now and run around with all their friends. And that's a beautiful thing. But I'm not hanging out with them now at the playground, you know, and they're getting older. They don't necessarily want to hang out with me all the time. They want to go to the playground with their friends. But I do remember sometimes knowing that this is kind of a weirdly special time where I am alone with my kids a lot, but I'll actually never be this alone with them again. Like I'll rarely go to a field alone and not have a play date or not have a special, like, you know, a special friend coming over and just us hang out for two hours outside. And there were moments about that that were really beautiful and special because I actually got a lot of one-on-one time with my kids 
And we were never rushing out the door to a play date. So while we did have this kind of window of time we were trying to leave the house in, I noticed how different it was to be like, well, we need to leave around 10. But truly, if it was 10, 15, that was fine too. Nowadays, we're kind of back to like, oh, well, we're meeting Kate um, and her family for a play date. And we're supposed to leave at 10 precisely, or we're going somewhere hiking with somebody else and we're meeting up with them. So we have to be a bit more on time. And there's a lot more sometimes stress around getting out the door because we're, you know, we're doing plans with somebody. But when you were alone with your kids on maternity leave, just getting out the door, I was like, well, if we need another five minutes to get our shoes on today, like I'm not meeting up with anybody. Like no one's waiting for us at the park. We're just taking our time to get out the door. While I do want to get out the door, it took a lot of the pressure off because we were just hanging out ourselves. I think of that like pre-2020 kind of parenting approach, which I had, which was not really an approach at all. Not even sure I have one now, but it was a lot of just like survival, you know, do what you can, maybe go over here, do a thing with a friend, maybe go to a class, go to a library thing. And when we took all of that stuff away, I realized that I was capable of doing it. For a while there, I was really freaked out. Like, I don't know how to look after my kids. This is in, you know, early 2020. I don't know how to look after my kids when there's nothing else to do. And the confidence that it gave me to be able to just go through that and survive that and not just survive it, but realize how little you need for your kids to be happy outside. You don't need any special equipment. You don't need to go to any particular place. You don't need to have any kind of particular experience. Maybe you just need a blanket to sit on on the ground, a bucket to hand your kid, a safe place where you can all sit together and I feel so much more confident now about being able to to just do that with kids. If you're listening in and you've become a parent since then and you're like, well, I've got nothing to compare it to, (laughs) maybe that's the challenge. Maybe it's like, just try it out. Try out like, what could we do for a couple of hours this morning that isn't, you know, set to a plan or isn't based around other people's expectations of what my kids should be doing. It's more just about what I need to do for me and my kid to be happy. When you can let go of all those other things of like what your kids should be doing when they should be doing any of these things in their lives. And you can kind of let that go and just enjoy being outside with your kid. If you have that luxury and that freedom to be able to do it, it's a really cool thing to be able to explore and to see how little you need to make everybody feel happy and content. Kind of on that note, and I mean, this relates to kids inside. It was interesting, the beginning of the pandemic, I feel like I did that panic about like, oh my God, I need to buy more toys and more stickers because you know we're going to be spending more time together. I ordered so much paper, Jen. I looked so in my much. cupboard two years later. I've still got these massive rolls of paper. Busy toddler told me to buy paper. Busy toddler. I love busy toddler. Amazing. Oh, good told me to buy rolls and rolls of paper off Amazon. I was like, okay, busy toddler. So I did. And clearly we're not that artsy because we still have it in the cupboard. I think I still have a few hundred dot stickers. I ordered a pack of like 3,000. So many dot stickers. Thank you, busy toddler. Busy toddler's amazing, but I still have a lot of dot stickers in the cupboard too. Still have some dot stickers. But I remember thinking like, oh, we're going to need more toys and my kids will be so bored. And actually I quickly realized because we were home all day, every day with my kids. I quickly realized they didn't play with about half of their toys almost ever. Like there were some really, really good open-ended loose parts toys that we played with that we still play with to this day. Blocks are a big hit. We have a big train set. That's a big hit. Paw Patrol, always still a big hit. Uh, But there were lots of other, I want to call them, you know, they're the plastic junky toys that light up and that have lots of buttons on them. And I quickly realized we didn't play with any of these. And so actually during the pandemic, I actually got rid of a ton of our toys because I was like, we don't even need those. I can see that you're home all day. And if you've been home for months, 
and you haven't even touched this pile of toys, we can actually get rid of it. So not only did we simplify going outside with kids, but I feel like I actually simplified staying inside with kids and the same kind of thing that kids, you know, if you have some arts and crafts supplies, a few, you know, open-ended toys like blocks, that's really all kids need at home to really be happy in the day. I hope this is kind of a comforting thought if you're listening and you have a little kid and you're kind of overwhelmed by the idea of going outside with them. We, we talk about it a lot in this show is the idea is not that you need to go on a big adventure with your kids. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be a lot of equipment. It just needs to be small. And I think what we're, we've really found is it needs to be regular. It needs to be a thing you do every day in some tiny capacity. Um, and then your kids expect it. You expect it. You can let yourself off the hook. You're doing a good job and you're trying it. Yeah. And I think by starting small, if you're working your way up to bigger activities, this is how you do it as well. Because our kids spend so much time outside in small ways, it makes the bigger days when you do want to do that big adventure easier because you've kind of just, you've practiced, you've gone through the ropes. Um, if you listen back to our episode about what's the worst that can happen, you've had some of the, what's the worst that can happen, happen on some of those small <laughs> adventures. Um, and so you've already worked through some of those things. And so that when you do want to do the big adventure, you're just more prepared for it. And your kids are more prepared for it as well. Um, because our kids spend you know as much time as we can outside with them. When we do a big day, like a camping trip or a bigger hike, they are more used to it as well. So I think that's kind of how if you're looking to be like, well, I do want to go camping with my kids for the first time this summer. Maybe you're gearing up for a camping trip, starting small and then working right up to it as opposed to like ripping off the bandaid and kind of doing a giant day outside if your kids aren't used to that. It's kind of a better approach. It's not about the size of the adventure, Jen. It's about how much pleasure it brings you. (laughs) (laughs) One day at a time. It's smaller than you think. I don't even know what to say after that. (laughs) To recap, start small, keep going outside. If you don't have a bucket and shovel, start there and uh, work your way up to some bigger size adventures. We'd love for you to be part of our community over on Instagram at Get Outside with Kids. And of course, share this with a parent or a mom friend who you think might get a chuckle or a piece of advice, or maybe just some cup from hearing other parents go through some of the same challenges that they are and hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening to Get Outside with Kids. We'll see you back next week.